0: I'm T.L. and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week at Mass we say those words, I believe, but our belief has implications on the way we live our life the rest of the week. We explore those implications together right here on Outside the Walls. If there's one phrase that would sum up my meditation this Advent so far, it's the one out of joy to the world. Let every heart prepare him room. Our days get so busy, specifically this time of the year. Uh, there's obligations and there's Christmas parties and there's making sure that we've got all the gifts prepared and there's uh, charitable giving and opportunities and that there's so much to do. And it can be hard to know really what does it even look like to prepare room in our hearts for the coming of Christ. And so I've been really trying to get to the bottom of that, see what that looks like uh, on our daily basis. Now we have some really um, established Advent rituals in the house here, which I think in some ways makes it a little bit easier, but in some ways it makes it more difficult. And I'll I'll take those one at a time. It makes it a little bit easier because there are some expectations that are already set up for what our Advent looks like. We know that we're going to turn off all the lights and light the Advent candle and take 7 to 15 minutes to read through uh, the readings uh, from Mass that day and to uh, sing an Advent carol, blow out the candles, and go to bed in silence. We expect that because we've done that for several years now. Uh, we, if you have been following me on social media, you know that I'm putting those up every night. We actually live stream our family uh, Advent ritual. And so if you go to, uh, specifically, it's easier to get to on Twitter. There is a link on Facebook, but uh, Twitter, it actually automatically uploads it because I'm doing it on Periscope. Uh, so if you want to join us around 730 Pacific time, we sit down as a family and do that and so because of that there's that expectation that we're going to have that moment set apart for listening to the scripture now with um with as many small children as i have sometimes it, we move through it pretty quick right you're trying to keep the the smallest ones engaged and uh you know when they start to fuss or, or whatever else to keep them uh, at least as quiet as possible until the until the end of it but because it is a habit, because we've done it for several years, there's also a sense that you just try to get through it, right? We need to, get, we need to do these readings. We're going we're gonna to plow through these. We're going to sing them. We're going to blow out the candle. We're going to go upstairs, and then we're good. Well, there's a, maybe my children have a better time with this than I do. But there's this sense that the wonder can get lost because it's expected right? Because it is a tradition and we know what it looks like. uh, It's easy to do, really go through the motions with that. And so it's both a blessing. We're going to do something, but it's also a little bit of a a distraction in and of itself because it's just, even if it's not a daily routine throughout the year, it's just another thing that we do. And so the, the goal for us as we are preparing room in our heart for the coming of Christ is to be intentional about the fact that Christ wants to make himself manifest to us. I've heard it said many times that you may have as well that if we really believed in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, if we really believed that Jesus Christ, King of the universe, through whom all things were made and without whom nothing that is was made— if we believed that he was here to meet with us in the Eucharist, then we would be at Mass every day. We would be um, at adoration as often as we could. It It would take great effort and difficulty to drag us away from being in the presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And I do believe it. I absolutely believe it. But there is still a sense that it's expected. I believe it, and I have an assent to it. But having that experience, you know, there are some days that I I don't want to go to daily Mass. There are some days that it's really an inconvenience to go over to the Adoration Chapel. And it shouldn't be, because Christ is coming to meet with us. And if I have trouble going to daily Mass, and if I have trouble going to the Eucharist, I have to ask, have I prepared room in my heart? Is there something that's in the way of me experiencing the incarnation of Christ and the presence, the manifest presence of Christ every day? Christ wants to be with me. And so what do I have in my heart that's taking up the space that I need to clear out so that I can make room in my heart for the realization that God with us, Emmanuel, God became man, wants to meet with me. Really, nothing should be more important than that. Nothing is more important than that if I really believe that it's true. And I do. So what are those things for you and for me that we need to clean out and clear out and say, you know what, another episode of this show that I watch on Netflix or Hulu or whatever is not really worth it. I'm going to take some time and do a little bit of house cleaning here at the beginning of the liturgical year as I prepare and wait for the fact that Jesus is coming in the incarnation, that he's coming to meet with me today, and that he's coming at the end of all time to redeem and ransom the world to himself. We're going to spend our day today talking specifically about this thing. How do you and I take the time? What steps can we go through that will help us to prepare for Christmas? How can we prepare in our hearts room for the Savior of the world? To help us explore that today, we're going to be talking with Constance T. Hull, who has a recent piece over on catholicexchange.com. Come Christmas, will Christ find room in our souls? It's going to be a fantastic conversation, so stick around. Go over to OutsideTheWalls.com. Take a look at all of our archives. You can find the other shows where Constance has been on. You can also find how you can support the show and get weekly extra segments with each of our guests. There's much more to come right after this, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Outside the Walls with T.L. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, T.L. Tomorrow we enter into the second week of Advent, and I, just kind of sitting here with this meditation, we talked about it a little bit last week, but that line in that great Advent hymn, which everyone thinks is a Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, because it's talking about the um, the eschaton, right? When Christ returns at the end, he rules the world with truth and grace, Right. So there's that line, let uh, every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. And then you repeat that several times. Uh, I've been just sitting with that all week long, trying to get a sense for what does it mean for my heart to prepare him room uh, as I'm going through this, this Advent season. And one of the places I often go just for my own edification and my own uh, uh, enjoyment is catholicexchange.com. And what did I come across there at catholicexchange.com? But this lovely article, Come Christmas, Will Christ Find Room in Our Souls? Well, that kind of stands out to me because, of course, that's what I've been meditating on. And lo and behold, uh, it is written by Constance T. Hull. Well, just about a year ago. It was the first time I read one of her Advent meditations. We brought her on the show at that time. And I'm just extremely pleased uh, to have Constance back on again today to talk about the, the practicals for taking step-by-step action to prepare room for the coming of Christ in our hearts. So Constance, thanks for joining us again today.
1: Thank you for having me on the program again, T.L.
0: So let's talk about about this, because often when we think about preparing for Christmas, uh, the mind goes to all of the the logistics that we have to get ready for. All right, we got to get the tree, we've got to get the the lights up on the house, we have to get out the nativity scene, and uh, you know, if you're one of those families that the the wise men make their way across the house until finally at Epiphany they make their way to the nativity scene, you've got to you've got to sit there and schedule where are they going? What pieces of furniture are they stopping on? And, and how long, it's kind of like Elf on the Shelf before Elf on the Shelf ever was a thing. Uh, but you have a different take on some things that we can do to prepare for Christmas. So talk a little bit about what you personally are doing this Christmas to make room for the coming of Christ.
1: Well, I love Advent, and I think it's an often overlooked season because we're so busy, like you said, getting ready with all the trappings and the trimmings of the Christmas season that will be upon us shortly. And I think one of the most important things for Advent that I try to do is enter into silence and stillness through prayer more, which is really difficult for all of us, especially when we have to-do lists that are really long and we have parties to go to and obligations in our family and with our friends. But it's really essential that we take time out of all of that busyness to quiet ourselves in prayer and truly listen to God calling us and prepare our hearts for Christmas. If we're really busy running around and we don't take the time to prepare our souls, then when Christmas comes, we're going to be tired and overwhelmed and not really able to fully enter into the joy of the actual Christmas season, which begins on Christmas Eve for Catholics. Mm -hmm
0: oftentimes we talk about preparing during advent uh, and and yet I think that there's there's something that we just struggle with of figuring out how to balance the necessity that we have of preparing our home for the celebration of Christmas and preparing our hearts for the understanding of Christmas
1: Yes absolutely I think one of the things that I try to do in my family and all of the busyness is, We try to, in the evening, light our Advent wreath and do some prayers and meditations together, even if we only have five to 10 minutes. uh, I also try to add in silence. So we'll do the vocal prayers or the meditations on a psalm or listen to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel or sing it together. And then we kind of sit in the silence in the dark where the candle is just illuminating the room in order to try and enter into a little bit more stillness and quiet. And it really only takes a few minutes to try and quiet our souls a little bit together as a family, but also as individuals. And so I think really a big part of it is just setting aside that time Mm -hmm. so that we actually do it.
0: Well, and I think that this, this idea of the candles, it's something that we do as well. Uh, It's really powerful because it's so out of the ordinary. Uh, You you know, you, you put the kids in one room and you turn off all the lights in the house and it's, it's different. We don't do that every day. We don't do that every month, right? There, there's something mysterious about it that even the very youngest ones kind of look at one another and say, what, this is interesting. And, and of course, then you light a candle and there's fire and, and children are instantly transfixed. There's something uh, that engages the senses that says this is out of the ordinary. And I think it opens their ears a little bit more fully to what's being said because it's different.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, we're body and spirit. And so our senses help us enter into the sacred and into the mystery of the season and into the mystery of the incarnation and a candle illuminating a dark room, especially this day and age with all of our technology and electricity and everything. It is out of the ordinary for us, that there's something truly powerful about a single candle or when we get towards, you know, deeper into the season, four, three, two candles to really help us draw into the mystery that Christ is the light of the world who's coming and he's who we're waiting for to come again at the end of time, who we're waiting for to come at Christmas and who we wait for every single mass to come forth through the words of consecration and the priest and the Holy Eucharist. And so there's there's something about candlelight that really helps us and are deeper into the mystery, I think.
0: And I love you that you bring up this idea of waiting for Christ to come to us in the Mass as well. One of the reading we always do a reading from church history at the end of the show, and the one we're doing today is from Saint Bernard of Clairvaux on the three comings of the Lord. That we wait for the advent of Christ at the incarnation, we wait for the advent of Christ at the eschaton, and we also wait for the advent of Christ in our daily existence, right? That Christ is coming to us right here, right now uh, in the busyness of our lives. So let's take a look at that one just for a moment. Not only does he come to us in the mass, but he also is walking with us if we take the time to recognize him uh, throughout the whole of our day. So what are some things that, that you would recommend or that you personally practice here in this Advent season to help you be more mindful of and aware of Christ's presence in the day-to-day?
1: I would say a couple of ways that I become more aware is through creation, through nature. I'm very drawn in by beauty. And so just even meditating on the bare trees and the blue sky and just the different aspects of the beauty of this time of year. And there's this very strong stillness this time of year. I live out on the East Coast, so we have um, somewhat of four seasons in the area where I live. And right now the trees are very bare and it's just still. And that's a a reminder to me of of the Advent season. We're supposed to be entering into stillness and that waiting. And when you look at the trees this time of year, you know, they're dormant and they're, they're waiting for spring. And so it's kind of a way to remind me to wait for the coming of Christ I also try to pay attention in my relationships with other people because God is always speaking to us through the people around us. The Holy Spirit inspires people. And something will be said to me by my husband, my daughter, friends at church, one of my priests, and it'll it'll strike me. I'll be like, I will know that's from the Holy Spirit. And I think being aware of how God is working in our relationships to communicate with us and other people is something that's really important because when we're busy. A lot of times we forget to pay attention to those promptings from the Holy Spirit that God is sending to us through the people around us.
0: Mm -hmm. And you talk in this piece on catholicexchange.com that there is the preparation that we can do in, in all of the activity, right? So we take a moment out from the activity and we turn off the lights and we light the candle and we give this new activity as a way to prepare ourselves. Uh, Or we, 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 allow ourselves when we see nature to, or, or, or see the world around us to notice uh, the difference. And there's an activity in that, that I, I am uh, pointing my thoughts toward that out here. The the trees are not dormant. Uh, we have evergreens, but it gets dark at like four thirty, 30. Uh, and, and so there's this sense of, uh, of, and it also rains all the time. So it gets sometimes darker even earlier before the sun goes down because of the cloud cover. Uh, so there's this, Um, this waiting and dormancy in, in the darkness that we recognize. But here you talk about a time of preparation, not primarily in activity, but in opening our souls, giving ourselves the time to pray and really practicing silence. And that's so antithetical to the way that we typically ourselves uh, during Advent. So talk a little bit about what you do uh, intentionally to make space, how do you make space in this busy season for silence, for prayer, and for really tending the garden of your heart?
1: Well, first of all, I get up really early, which I know a lot of people, you know, who are not mourning people wouldn't be excited about, but I do get up early partly uh, because to enter into prayer and partly as a sacrifice for priests, because I'm a spiritual mother for priests as well. But that that period of getting up early as a sacrifice and trying to enter into prayer when it's still dark, kind of a reminder of that darkness, that waiting, like you just talked about. So I intentionally set aside that time to try to pray. It's not always perfect. Prayer is always a battle for all of us uh, as the Holy Spirit works in each of us. I go to daily mass every day, which I'm blessed to be able to do, which a lot of other people are not. But even if People can stop by the church for a few minutes and pray before our Lord in the tabernacle or go to Eucharistic adoration in the evening. Those are are really important times for entering into the presence of Christ and allowing him to transfigure us and prepare us for Christmas in, in the stillness of Eucharistic adoration. I mean, there's extreme silence and stillness and the power of Christ to, I always liken it to my vision is being refocused at adoration so that I see as he sees. And so Eucharistic adoration or just set times for prayer, the rosary. Um, But the most important thing I, I have found in my life is just setting aside the time, despite the busyness, if it means getting up early, I'm not much of a night person, but staying up late if necessary to make sure that no matter how busy I am, prayer is a part of my day.
0: I think this this idea of giving these sacrifices. It's something we typically associate with with Lent in terms of that kind of preparation. And yet in a certain way, Advent is still a penitential season, not to the same degree, not to the same end, but we do have the opportunity to make these sacrifices to go on this this journey, as it were, with with Mary and Joseph from their home to this, Other place to go on this little pilgrimage with them so that we can be present with Christ for his incarnation, for his revelation to us in our everyday.
1: It's good that you brought up that it is a penitential season. I think in the Latin Rite church, we don't see it nearly as much in some of the Eastern churches where they really do have a period of fasting up to the nativity of our Lord. But I think that. Doing small penances and mortifications during Advent are another way that we need to enter more deeply into this season.
0: When we come back, we're going to explore that a little bit more deeply, looking at how a little bit of penance can help us more fully enter into the celebration of Christmas when it comes. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter, the handles at outside the walls there. You'll find a link to the article that spurred this whole discussion don't go anywhere there is much more to come right after this as we talk with constance t hall here on outside the walls with tl Welcome back to Outside the Walls where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host TL and here as we approach the second week of Advent, we're talking with Constance T Hall. She is a, uh, a writer over at catholicexchange.com. You can also find her at her blog swimmingthedepths.com. And today we're talking about preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. Let every heart prepare him room and there's this, this line uh, in the Gospels where, where we hear, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, here we're going to take that out of specifically the eschaton and let's bring it to us in Advent. When Christmas comes, will I have room in my heart? Will I have prepared room to be able to experience the fullness of Christmas joy, the presence of Christ in my life? So we're talking with Constance T. Hull and and just before the break, we began talking about the penitential aspect of of Advent. And I think sometimes we go to one extreme or the other. Either we completely miss that there is penance that is encouraged for us during this season, or we go maybe a little bit overboard uh, with penance and say, well, you know, we're, we're not going to do anything celebratory. Uh no, no Christmas music whatsoever until we get no holiday music even. We're just going to be, you know, dour until Christmas gets here. I think that there is a, a happy medium as we prepare ourselves uh, for Christ's coming. And so, uh, Constance, I was we were talking during the break that you, you might want to explore that a little bit more fully. Why don't you go ahead and take us on that journey?
1: Well, like you talked about how we don't want to go to extremes, it isn't Lent and where we're supposed to be more focused on mortifications and penances. But since Advent is a penitential season, there are a few things we should consider trying to do during Advent. First of all, receiving the Sacrament of Reconciliation is essential it's a great way to prepare us since Christmas is one of the great feasts of the church, just like Easter. They definitely priests are constantly asking people to come to confession during Lent. I think Advent is another one of those times that we really should, in order to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ at, at Christmas and even in our daily lives, we really should be going to that sacrament frequently. But Advent is one of those times to to receive that sacrament I also think that we can do small sacrifices throughout our week, Uh, set aside a day. Friday, of course, is the traditional day of penance. So, doing an extra penance um, on that day or Wednesday is another traditional day for penance. And just maybe not eating as as many cookies at a party and saying, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have one and, and offer the rest up, or offering up a meal, taking a break from social media, just something a small, sacrifice during the day that helps us prepare ourselves because we are attached to things of this world and penances and mortifications help free us from those attachments so that we're we're more open to allowing Christ to dwell in our souls in our daily lives but also the more we do to prepare through penances and prayer the, the more we'll be open to him at Christmas. Mm-hmm
0: let's just take this idea of attachments. Uh, I've moved more often than I would like to admit. Uh, And there's something about packing up a house that lets you really clearly see where your attachments lie. Uh, All of a sudden, all of these things that really weren't all that important, they have gathered and you're staring at them and saying, am I going to pack that up and take that to a new location or not? And so, and then you also see how much space those attachments take up. Well, just as it's true with the, the knickknacks and such that we gather around our house over the year, the, the attachments that we have in our soul take up space as well. Uh, and so I love this idea of, of identifying some of those attachments and divesting ourselves of them because we are in the process of preparing room for Christ. And these, all of these things, whether even if they are not bad things, all of these things take up space, they take up mental energy, they take up uh, all kinds of our attention that would be better served here in this season uh, on refocusing ourselves on the incarnation and the ongoing presence of Christ with us.
1: Absolutely. And all of us have attachments, and that's part of the the struggle that we have in the spiritual life. And the more that we spend time in prayer, the more we come to see the things that we are attached to in this life that, that either keep us from Christ or hindrance or distraction to our spiritual lives. And I think because this time of year is so busy, we can have a tendency to not examine our attacks and, and, seek to become freer in preparation for Christ. And so that's why prayer and penance are always meant to go together, because as we pray, we come to see what we need to give up, what penances we should be offering to Christ. And as he helps us to detach from those things, our souls are, of course, transfigured to an even greater degree by his divine love, because we're no longer attached to that thing. We've come into a greater encounter and a deeper love of Christ. And so that's the whole point of of offering penances. It's not supposed to be some dour, miserable experience, but it's something that's supposed to help us grow in love for Christ and also in love of others, because some, we'll find sometimes our attachments are disordered in our relationships. And so it's a way that Christ can help to rightly order our souls to him and rightly order our relationships with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I think of it in a way uh, like... A displacement more than anything else, right? I'm not getting rid of this thing that I love, uh, because, uh, because it's bad. And, 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 as I get rid of it, I, it's not left with an emptiness rather I'm getting rid of something that is good for the sake of something that's better.
1: Yes. That's the whole point of, of everything in the spiritual life is we're trying to move into deeper communion with God And the only way we can do that is by relinquishing the goods of this life, which are gifts that God has given to us. But rather than focusing on just the material goods that we see with the senses and we experience sensually, we have to turn to the supernatural goods. And that's what Advent does is it helps us realign in our waiting and our prayer. And we come to this deep longing for Christ And so we start to turn away from kind of the trappings and the trimmings of the season and truly seek the supernatural goods, which are so much higher and that we can only discover through a life of prayer, through the sacraments and through communion and love of one another.
0: I want to take our our picture that we're meditating on and move it away from, uh, you know, from, from Mary and Joseph and the manger. And I want to move a couple of miles away to the picture of the shepherds. Uh, we all have noise in our life. And, and I think that if we sat for 45 seconds, we could identify a key piece of noise in our day. Maybe it's uh, the, the radio on the way to work. Maybe it's um, the, your favorite show that you're binge watching on Amazon or Netflix or, or Hulu. Whatever that, that piece of noise is that, that was the first one to pop into your mind, consider this Advent season uh, silencing it, giving up that bit of noise as your penance so that you can enter into silence. And, and the reason I want to bring up the shepherds is this, uh, this experience of the angels announcing the presence of Christ. Uh, Christ was born in Bethlehem, and it was not an empty city. It was such a full city that there was no room uh, for Mary and Joseph in the inn, right? They had to be in a different location. And so it was a full place. There should have been more people that recognized the incarnation. But it was the shepherds who were out on the fringes and who were probably having a very quiet night uh, watching over the sheep. They didn't have the extra noise. And because they were present in silence, They were able to discern through the angels the coming of Christ. We have to make space for that silence or we're going to miss it.
1: Yes, we absolutely have to make that space. And that was part of the point of what my article was about is that if we stay in Bethlehem, if we stay in the hustle and bustle of everything that's going on during that time, obviously a census had been called. And so everyone had descended upon the city to answer that call. And there were people everywhere going about their day and their busyness, and they completely missed and had no idea that the incarnate word of God was about to be born in their tiny little hovel in the outskirts of the Roman Empire. And I think we also run the risk of doing that in our own busyness throughout this season, where we do have to go outside of the city, so to speak, go into the silence, make our way towards the cave where our Lord is to be born, make that pilgrimage of silence out away from the hustle and bustle so that we can hear the angels proclaiming glory to God in the highest and truly enter into the Christmas season when it arrives. But if we don't make that journey, if we don't enter into that silence, then we run the risk, and I've done this myself, we run the risk that when the Gloria returns on Christmas Eve, that we will be tired and exhausted and our souls will be too disordered, too noisy to be prepared to really come to the Christ child and be filled with awe, wonder, and joy at that, that amazing moment when God became an and came to dwell among us. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is a, a couple of weeks out, but I, I want to reiterate that encouragement. We have, we have eight kids, right? Aging 11 all the way down to, to two months. It's worth it. Even with all of the chaos, it's worth it to go to midnight mass or as close as you can. Uh, and to experience that again, that it's a different service, that silence, that uh, the the stillness and then the return of the Gloria. It's absent for us this whole Advent season. Uh, it's it's worth doing, and it's definitely a sacrifice and a penance. Uh, but I think it will, if you take the time to prepare yourself for it, it will make your Christmas experience all the more joyous.
1: I agree. I love midnight mass. My husband and I have gone since we've been married. Now he's he's chronically ill so the last 2 or 3 years he's not been able to go, but I go alone and then I get up and go to Christmas day mass with my husband and my daughter and they all of the Christmas masses are very different mm-hmm. and they are all very beautiful and you get a different glimpse of Christmas, but midnight mass is is truly amazing and wonderful and it is one of my favorite masses outside of the Sacred Triduum. Uh, that we experience each year and, and we've taken our daughter, you know, completely asleep and unconscious, right. but it's absolutely worth it to go. It's such an amazing mass.
0: I, I have different expectations for my children at that mass than I do the other ones, but, but still uh, they have, it, it's again, that very visceral experience that they're going to take with them for their whole life.
1: Yes, and my daughter loves the fact that we go to midnight mass and then we make a birthday cake for Jesus every year and we eat cake in the middle of the night. And that's one of her favorite traditions (laughs) is to go to midnight mass and then to get to eat cake at two in the morning. Yeah,
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind eating cake at two o'clock in the morning. Maybe that's a a tradition to add. We've been talking today with Constance T. Hall. She's got a great piece over on catholicexchange.com. Go over there and take a look at it. It's Come Christmas... Will Christ find room in our souls? I certainly hope so. When we come back, we're going to take a look at a reading from St. Bernard of Clairvaux on the three comings of the Lord. Take a look at our reading from Scripture and much more. So don't go anywhere unless you go over to social media to become a part of the ongoing conversation. Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle's at Outside the Walls. But if you're not in a place to go there just yet, stick around. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls with TL. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, TL. We've been talking today with Constance T. Hull. She writes over at catholicexchange.com. She has a new piece there. Come Christmas, will Christ find room in our souls? Uh, She also blogs over at swimmingthedepths.com. She's been on the show a few times and just a, a pleasure to have her back on. We talked about what does it look like for us to prepare practically for Christmas? How do we prepare our hearts And prepare our our souls for Christ's presence with us. If you missed any part of the show and want to listen to it again or just share it with your friends on social media, have no fear. All of our episodes are archived right over at OutsideTheWalls.com. And there's more of my conversation with Constance as I do each and every week. I give one extra segment to those who support the show through Patreon. If you want to be a part of that number, it's really easy. Just go over to outsidethewalls.com. Up in the top right hand corner of the page, you'll see a link that says support the show Patreon. And going there, you can find all the different ways that you can help us keep this show on the air, keep bringing you these interviews week in and week out. And in gratitude, there's all kinds of perks that you could be eligible for. You know we had a, we celebrated the feast day of Saint Nicholas yesterday. So if you maybe you didn't get chocolate in your shoes overnight, but you could, you could get extra segments as a as a reward. So maybe you want to give away a gift or just give yourself a gift. Go over to outsidethewalls.com, click the Patreon link and see if that's something you might want to do this year. Well now let's go ahead and turn our attention to our reading from scripture and from church history. Our reading from Scripture today comes from this coming Wednesday's psalm. And it's not very often that we pull our reading from the psalm, but as we're thinking about how to make room in our hearts for the coming of Christ, the psalms do such a very good job on focusing us on those things that really matter. So this psalm is from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being, bless his holy name, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with kindness and compassion. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. That reading comes from Psalm 103. And we're starting off in a really good place here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This is one of the ways that we can make room in our hearts because when we focus on what it is that we've received from the hand of the Lord, all of a sudden, things come into sharp perspective. It also helps us to see what things really matter, because the gifts that God gives us are gifts that are for our good, our ultimate good. And so they really are the things that matter most. So as we take the time to say, what is it that I've received from the hand of the Lord? You know, there's a great list here that the psalmist gives us, but why don't, Why don't we, you and I this week, start with just that first line and forget not all his benefits and then recount our own list. What is that thing? What, what are, what's the list of the gifts that God has given to you, the gifts that God has given to me. And as we recount those and as we meditate on those, all of a sudden we start shuffling the things around on our display case of life to give prominence to those gifts that God has given us because we want to display them. We, want, we recognize how important and how beautiful those gifts are. And, and so we prioritize as we look at our lives in light of those gifts we've been given. Our reading from church history today comes from a letter from St. Bernard of Clairvaux, specifically on Advent and on how Christ comes to us In this Advent season, we know that there are three comings of the Lord. The third lies between the other two. It is invisible while the other two are visible. In the first coming, he was seen on earth, dwelling among men. He himself testifies that they saw him and hated him. In the final coming, all flesh will see the salvation of our God and they will look on him whom they pierced. The intermediate coming is a hidden one. In it, only the elect see the Lord within their own selves, and they are saved. In his first coming, our Lord came in our flesh and in our weakness. In this middle coming, he comes in spirit and in power. In the final coming, he will be seen in glory and majesty. In case someone should think that what we say about this middle coming is sheer invention, listen to what the, our Lord himself says. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him. There's another passage of Scripture which reads, He who fears God will do good. But something further has been said about the one who loves, that is, that he will keep God's word. Where is God's word to be kept? Obviously, in the heart, as the prophet says, I have hidden your words in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Keep God's word in this way. Let it enter into your very being. Let it take possession of your desires and your whole way of life. Feed on goodness, and your soul will delight in its richness. Remember to eat your bread, or your heart will wither away. Fill your soul with richness and strength. If you keep the Word of God in this way, it will also keep you. The Son with the Father will come to you. The great prophet who will build the new Jerusalem will come the one who makes all things new. This coming will fulfill what is written. As we have borne the likeness of earthly man, we shall also bear the likeness of the heavenly man. Just as Adam's sin spread through all mankind and took hold of it, so Christ who created and redeemed all will glorify all once he takes possession of all. That reading comes from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. What would it look like for Christ to come and meet you in the middle of your day? Would you have time? Would you be able to have a conversation with him? Would you be able to uh, sit in silence and listen to what he had to say? If it were Christ who is coming to make himself known to you. It's a hard thing because... In our, in our soul, we know that that Christ has never left us, that he says, I'll never leave you or I forsake you, and it's good that I go away, because if I go, the Father will send an advocate who will be with you. He's filled us with his Holy Spirit through the sacraments, and so we have the presence of God with us. We know this intellectually. And yet, it's so hard to set aside time. As I said at the beginning, even when we do set aside time and turn off the lights and light the advent candle and read the scriptures, sometimes it's just to get it out, right? We're going to say it, we're going to speak it, it's going to be heard, and then we're going to go. It's kind of like a a rain that rains hard and fast and doesn't have the time to soak in. Do we have time in the middle of our day, in the middle of our advent, to sit and let the presence of Christ soak in like a, like sitting in a rain that just drenches that just kind of goes into the bones. Do we have the time and the silence and the stillness to let the word of God dwell in us as, as St. Paul said in the book of Colossians to dwell in us richly. You know, I, I, um, I did a class recently, and part of this class was on prayer. And the instructor got up and was going to do Lexio Divino with us. And and she read through the passage. And, you know, I've experienced Lexio several times, and uh, we've done a couple of shows about it. And I, I know what it is. And so she read through the, the passage of Scripture, and she read it slowly and deliberately, and probably a little bit more slowly than I would have preferred. She got to the end of it. And then she did it again. And I know that this is what you do with Lexio, it's not a big deal. And so she read through it again and slowly and deliberately and a little bit more slowly than I would have liked. And then she did it again. And of course three two or three times it's what you do with Lexio. And then she did it again and again and again, slowly and deliberately, and a little bit more slowly than I would have liked. And it was annoying, and yet, as as it went on, and continued on, and continued on, the annoyance kind of melted away as I realized that here was the opportunity that I needed, and Christ was coming to meet with me, and the Word of Christ was coming to dwell richly with me. And so I encourage you this Advent to take the time to do something a little bit annoying for the purpose of Christ coming to be with you to find room in your heart this Advent. That's all the time we have for today's show, which was brought to you by Brandy Carey and all of those who support the show through Patreon. Go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click the Patreon link and consider joining their numbers. And until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you.